Hello, freaky people. Welcome back to episode five of Freaks and Folklore, your favorite all things spooky podcast. I'm Lily. I'm Charlotte. And we are on our third week of like releasing an episode every week. So hopefully you guys are liking it. So fingers crossed. Yeah, that I mean, I guess we're not we're not getting any bad feedback. So I'm sick I'm of listening to you guys every week. Stop <laughs> talking. Actually, one of my friends, I told her, I was like, hey, I think we're going to just our episodes were, you know, going so long. She lives like an hour and a half away and she had a high risk pregnancy. So she had to drive to Omaha once a week for ultrasounds to make sure that like baby was doing okay so I think she is a little bummed she had her baby so no more like super long car rides but she was like oh I like listening to you guys well I'm on my she's you know she's like everything else nothing lasts me the whole ride so but yeah yeah. she had her baby she's a really cute baby I just took her newborn photos so um but yeah, I guess I'll dive right into it. This, I feel like I say it every week or every episode now, because now I'm just every other week. Uh, <laughs> this shit's whack. Like, it's always. It's never not whack, but this, it's this week, whack. I have been sitting on this case since before we started. Uh because I, I just fell in love with Jerry Cotton and had to do it. Yeah, um, that was a and then, one. yeah, that one was fun. Uh, but so I'm excited to finally be at Joshua Maddox, and um, this actually like takes place not too far from where the Damrons lived in Colorado. Oh, that's so. Funny. I was well if. All the stories are whack. Maybe we should come up with a whack scale and just <laughs> a rating on each episode. This one's a six out of ten whack. Like this one's like cool. it's all they're all whack. It's all gonna be a wild ride, but this one is middle of the road whack. This one is like eleven out of ten. Oh damn, that's pretty wacky. So which I guess I thought Jerry was eleven out of ten. I just think they're all eleven out of ten. Okay, Jerry was pretty wacky. I that you really brought me back to like the co-founder or the co-owner of the company. I really I need to dig into him. With Michael like, Patron. Name. Crazy. Yeah. Sorry, if you guys haven't listened, what was that episode three? Yeah, Sneak on back. Major yeah. spoilers. <laughs> I just ruined the Sneak whole on back. Thing. Maybe go That's watch okay. it. Okay, well, this week I am going to be telling you guys about um, the case of Joshua Maddox. Um, my sources for this episode was um, the Dark Histories podcast. I actually just read their transcript, um, and I've never listened to them, but their—I mean, their transcript was spot on. So, if you guys are looking for something else to add to your you know, list of spooky shit, check them out. And then I also found a lot of really awesome information on a website called strangeoutdoors.com. So no more Wikipedia. I'm moving up. Oh, wow. You're branching away from the tried and true. The tried and true. 
So my favorite um, thing to do is to rip Wikipedia uh, <laughs> resource pages. Like that was my life in college. That yeah, Wikipedia got me through some some tough papers. Oh, where'd you get where'd you get that reference, Wikipedia? You mean our reference, Conrad? Yes. So that yes. is our reference. It is in both of our bibliographies. <laughs> and like it's also nice when they're cited correctly. You're like, I don't have to go to Purdue Owl. Yeah. I don't did you like use Purdue Owl? Website. I don't remember if it was Purdue Owl. There was one website that I always went to to do my citations from because I did Chicago for everything and I was always so confused. Really? Yeah. I a don't think of, I uh, ever had to do a Chicago. A lot of meteor- meteorological stuff is Chicago. Huh. I like- was always MLA. Yeah, I mean, I use that too a lot, MLA and APA. But, huh, that's crazy. I'm going to have nightmares about online classes that I forgot (laughs) about again tonight. Okay, I am going to hop on in. So, um, May 8th, 2008, 18-year-old Joshua Maddox said goodbye to his sister Kate as he headed out of the house for a quick hike. Little did Kate know this would be the last time anyone saw her brother alive. Um, So Josh, he is from Woodland Park, Colorado. Uh, It's a small community with a population of around 7,500 people. So, I mean, that's pretty tiny. Yeah, that is really small. That's even smaller than the town I grew up in. Um, And being from Colorado, Josh often enjoyed going on nature walks. So, I mean, I get it. Me too. Who doesn't love a good walk? I'm in Nebraska, so it's pretty boring, but we got, we got some pretty. We have a lot of corn. It's corn. (laughs) It's a big (laughs) lump of dogs. It's got the juice. It's got the juice. Uh, I mean, I, I feel really stupid saying this. I freaking love corn on the cob. Oh, are you Me kidding? and that kid like relate on so many levels. Absolutely. Corn is so amazing, especially with some old bay on it. Oh, oh, you're kidding. Gary hates corn on the cob. Okay, well, I don't know if I can be around Gary this Thanksgiving. I feel like I wasn't given that information before we got married. Yeah, either. I think marriage counseling, definitely lawyer up. Yeah, I mean... He may doesn't like corn on the cob. He likes like canned corn. Like he eats corn, but it's just different when it's on the cob. It'd be better. Significantly better. better. I don't know. He's, he's a weirdo. Um, sorry. Tangent. So (laughs) (laughs) Josh kind of reminds me almost of like Jake. So he's 150 pounds, six feet tall. So just like tall and skinny. Oh, yeah. Um, He was described as being a creative mind and a free spirit. He loved music. He played the guitar and he grew his hair out long. He spent a lot of his free time writing and was all around just a free spirit. Um, He was well-liked at school and primarily lived with his father, Mike, as his parents were divorced. 
So like I stated earlier, he went on hikes or nature walks often. So when he said goodbye to his sister, she didn't think anything of it. He did this so often that she didn't think twice about him going out alone. However, as the hours went by, Kate began to worry. His father also thought of him as a free spirit and his disappearance didn't concern him too much. Um, He just assumed he was a couple of towns over maybe hanging out with friends he so he was 18 but i don't know if he was still in high school or if he was graduated or not okay um, i was about to say what do you mean you thought your kid was a couple towns over i know if he's 18 that's totally understandable so the, the way that i kind of am like interpreting it is like maybe he's out of high school um, or you know what? I bet he just graduated because this was May. Yeah, yeah, like fresh, fresh out. Or was just about to graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, oh, I lost my spot. So suddenly, though, hours turn into days and Joshua still had not returned home. This is when his father, Mike, began to really start worrying. So May 13th, his father. Wait, wait, whoa, wait, what? I know, oh. I know. Back this shit up. I knew this was going to get you. I was like whoa. waiting for it. Whoa. <laughs> he waited a few days to get worried. I would be, I would be worried after like 10 hours of not hearing from my kid. I would be like filing a missing persons report. I would be like, I don't know where they are. Like, they didn't tell me anything. Where is my child? No. Especially if, like, they went for a hike in the woods and they didn't come back. Oh, I know. That you've got, like, mountain They didn't go hang out with their friends and I didn't hear from them. Like, if, like, oh, I'm going to be with Billy. Like, okay, I don't hear from them for 24 hours and he's 18. Like, that's not a big deal. Well, and this is 2008. Like, cell phones exist. Yeah, like, a hike in the woods and you're not back in like half a day no no so this wasn't even like even just a couple of days like a couple to me is two days yeah this was five five days yeah that's too much why are you what i know i agree i like i said 11 out of 10 i mean oh yeah that's okay all right okay just keep just keep going i i'm gonna have to take a, a minute to process <laughs> Okay, Five so I know, I know. Okay, okay. Uh, it just gets crazy. Like I, I, I've sat on this case for so long. I kind of forgot how batshit crazy it is. So, um, it took Mike. I hear my baby like screaming. She's really found her voice these last couple of days. Oh, I love that for you. I love it for me too. So it took five days for his dad mike to contact the police his father is quoted as saying i got up one morning and josh was there uh oop, i'm skipping lines i got up one morning and josh was there then he just never came home the next day he still didn't come home i called his friends nobody had seen him nobody knows where he is okay so he was calling around the next day and nobody knows where he is and he still doesn't call the cops yeah i mean what? well yeah, when I first started researching this case, I 1,000%, 10,000% was like, Mike, what'd you do? What'd you do? Yeah. Like, I, but we'll kind of get into it a little bit more. Um, right. Spoiler, dad is innocent. But I mean, like, I mean, 
I feel like the only thing he's guilty of at this point is just like bad parenting. Yeah, like being a shitty dad. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like maybe in his in his head, he's like, he's 18. Like he's not, you know. I mean, but I, I mean, think- after two days, is is it at 18 or 21 that it's two days before I don't, I don't they really I just start feel looking? Like if your kid is living, if you live with anyone and like you don't hear from them after 24 hours and no one that they know has heard from them like anyone that you live with at all a roommate a parent a a kid like you 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 start to get worried after that yeah I yeah like I said just some questionable parenting going on yeah I mean my dog I mean your dog gets out and you chase after them immediately you know like I don't you know I don't know um yeah five days that's not my vibe but you know whatever like letting kids be independent and stuff that's awesome but that that okay all right okay it's a little extreme i'm I'm mom shaming right now (laughs) so am i shaming this guy all right so Josh's family is absolutely positive. He isn't in any trouble legally. Um, So after the, you know, the police immediately like take it seriously and declare him a missing person, which is, I mean, great that it's taken seriously right away. It just sucks that it took so long. Can you hear about it? Five business days. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but search efforts begin immediately. I believe it was a small town. So I want to say like, there were a bunch of volunteers, but I'm not sure like what that number looked like. Um, but yeah, they began searching the neighborhood and the general Woodland Park area. After months of searching, there was still no sign of Josh and no clues had been uncovered. Um, in a post online, Josh's sister, Kate who is the one that saw him last, she said, um, since Josh was 18, it has been reasonable to assume that he may have decided to leave town and start a new life as one of his, (laughs) well, I mean that kind of, you know, they said he's a free spirit, kind of hippy dippy. Like I could see maybe that thought process a little, but yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So yeah. I mean, free spirits. (laughs) so she says as one of his two older sisters i have always chosen to believe that this was the case i have expected josh to return home to my father's house at any time with a wife and small children so they can meet their grandparents and two aunts josh has always been known for his musical and literary talent so maybe we would find him playing music with a band on tour or catch him writing successful novels under a pen name so that he could keep his preferred lifestyle of solitude in the woods um, again, Josh's family had absolutely no reason to believe that he had gotten himself into any trouble. Um, and I mean, when did weed become legal in Colorado? Oh, geez. I know. Uh, so I'm like, I, I mean, I know the answer kind of, but when I was researching, I was like, could he have like gotten in bad with a drug dealer or something, you know? But I mean, like, like they said, they're positive um, that he was not in any trouble and they were not concerned about his mental health. However, something that 
remained in the back of everyone's mind was that Joshua's older brother, Zachary, had committed to a to a side suicide two years prior to Josh's disappearance. So um, Mike said his dad, I buried his older brother two years before, and it was so difficult on Josh. When his brother died, it pushed him over the edge. It was a big shock for the family and a big shock for Josh. He thought highly of his older brother. So, and then, yeah, I don't know. So they're like, he definitely didn't get in any trouble and we're not worried about his mental state. But then his dad says it pushed his brother's suicide, pushed him over the edge. So, yeah, that's like, a that's just a weird kind of combination of statements to make. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like the poor kid just got lost or like fell or something or hurt himself. Yeah. So despite the loss of his brother, though, his family said that Josh was doing well around the time he disappeared. They described him as happy. So I said that weird, but he they said he was happy. He uh, since, happy, but they're worried that he committed suicide. OK, I know. See, it's all all weird. I, like, since, they can't their story straight. Well, and that's why, like when I was researching, I was like, Mike what like what are you hiding yeah because uh, it just oh, is so weird. weird to me that like yeah you'd say he's happy but like also we're really we've been really worried about him since his brother died and then yeah those things are mutually exclusive there bud so yeah just weird weird stuff yeah. um but the police had no reason to suspect foul play um, and they just listed him as a missing person and his case would remain open for seven years. Wow. So he, his body was discovered in August of 2015. Oh my God. Yeah. So a, a good chunk of time. Yeah. But I can't believe they actually found it. Well, just like you're going to poop your pants. <laughs> okay. So in August of 2015, a builder from Colorado Springs named Chuck Murphy decided he wanted to demolish a cabin he owned near Woodland Park. The cabin sat on a large piece of land and had fallen into a state of disrepair, so he decided to tear it down and develop the land for housing. Uh, Chuck hadn't used the cabin in over 10 years. Animal infestations became a problem, so when they went into the cabin, an uninviting stench overwhelmed them. (gasps) This isn't even, like, the weird part. So it comes time to tear the chimney down as they... What? (laughs) So as they slowly begin to dismantle the chimney, Chuck makes a horrifying discovery. He finds the body of a young man tucked into the fetal position with his legs above his head. Well, I need a second to pick my fucking jaw off the floor. <laughs> what? Yeah. His feet were... Was the door locked? Was it hard to get into the building? I'm not going to comment because... fetal position? I'm about to dive really deep into this and um, it's really, really weird. So I'm, I'm just going to let you stew in that. Um, Where was I? So he contacted the police who arrived with the County coroner, the County coroner and a forensic ontologist. I'm probably not saying that right. 
Uh, but they used dental records to positive positively identify the body as belonging to Josh Maddox. Um, oh, this is like really hard. So guess how far the cabin was from Josh's father's home? Oh shit, two miles. No, not even. A quarter mile. Two blocks. Fuck me. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. The cabin oh, was located God. less than a mile from his family home. Oh my God. Yeah. His family is obviously shocked by the news of the discovery of his body. I think at that point they'd probably like, like gone through the whole grieving process. Well, they probably um, didn't think that he was actually dead. It didn't sound. I mean, like yeah. That. Like Kate said in her, I think it was a Facebook post. I don't know. Maybe MySpace was still a thing, but she sounded pretty confident that he just kind of, you know, wanted to yeah. live uh, an aloof, I don't know, like a wandering lifestyle. If Yeah, like it, it sounds like they just thought that he skipped town. Yeah. So now so, like, do they have to like accept that he's dead? They have to accept that they just found the guy's body. Yeah. He was probably murdered. Hmm. We'll get into that. Oh, dear so, God. um, but yeah, so they're obviously shocked by the news of the discovery of his body. His sister, Kate, said the situation doesn't make any sense at all. We were really expecting him to be anywhere else in the world, but he was actually very close. The only thing we can figure is he was being an 18 year old kid checking out a cabin. It had already been abandoned for a long time and a horrible accident happened. No. So. He's in a fetal and, position in a chimney. I like, I'm just going to let you keep stewing. Oh, so dear. an autopsy was performed, but it had been seven years. Yeah. So literally nothing was found. The coroner said there was no evidence of any drugs in Josh's system and is quoted as saying, the hard tissue showed no signs of trauma. There were no broken bones, no knife marks. There were no bullet holes. This is so far, this is so far, no answers to a number of things. It is very confusing. Um, yeah, but the body's seven years old. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, like who's shocked, you know? yeah not me no like i don't i don't i mean no, maybe some drugs like are like stick around in your bones but i'm not a yeah. i'm not a doctor i don't know um but the cabin yeah. showed sorry I what you, i wonder how you even like identify bullet holes well i guess if the bullet's still there like knife wounds in the body is that decomposed like i wonder how they even do that well, and I don't know, like in the demolition process, did they start with, you'd think they were starting with the chimney. So were they looking inside for bullet holes or yeah, like, was the house to... already decently demolished? I have no idea. Yeah. And did they damage the body while taking down the chimney? Cause you know, oh, I'm, down yeah. I'm sure that it was not like how it had been preserved. Yeah. Weird. Oh man. Um, but the cabin showed no signs of life. Um, and had simply been overlooked by volunteers while they were searching. It was located right in the middle of a large plot of land and was surrounded by tall pine trees on all sides. It sat about 50 feet from the road. And since it had no homes neighboring it, Josh's cries for help just simply went unheard. Poor guy. I know. 
Um, and Chuck said that he would check on the cabin every couple of years or so, and he never noticed anything suspicious, which again, like Chuck is sorry, spoiler alert, he's innocent, but there's some things that it's like, if you've been checking on the cabin, like, how did you not notice some of these, which I'm about to dive into. Wow. I know. Well, but it was so abandoned. He probably thought. Well, he probably thought like maybe there was a dead raccoon or, you know. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, And then the police, there's a lot of quotes in this case, but the police are quoted as saying, and this like is really hard for me. I don't know. Just when things don't happen immediately and, you know, someone might be suffering, that's hard. But he, they said it was not an instant death. How he died is only a matter of speculation, but we know he did not starve to death because that takes many weeks. So then you go down the chain and you have dehydration, which can take just a few days. And the other thing would be hypothermia, which could take a day or two. We have no evidence to say which one came first. Wasn't so, upside down though? Couldn't being upside down too long, like hurt you or like at prob- least- oh. One would think, I hope so for, you know, I was unconscious. Yeah. That I, I, I mean, obviously I don't want this for him, but I hope that it was easy. You know, I don't know. Do you know where I'm trying to go with it? I know. I understand exactly what you're trying to say. It's unfortunate that he happened, but I hope that when it happened, it was easy for him. Yes. So his body was discovered on what? August 15th. I think is what I said. I might've just said August. Uh, But on September 28th of 2015, Josh's death was ruled accidental. The coroner suggested that Josh climbed down the chimney and became stuck in the brickwork. He said the most likely cause of death was hypothermia as the temperature around the time of his disappearance had dropped to around 20 degrees Fahrenheit. However, Chuck Murphy, the owner of the cabin, was less than pleased about this ruling and he made it very known. So Chuck immediately questions the coroner's conclusion of an accidental death. And the coroner stated that Josh's position in the chimney appeared to have been a voluntary act in order to gain access. However, Chuck explains that this would have been impossible when the chimney was originally built 20 years prior. He had, he had it fitted with a steel rebar at the very top. He explained it, it blah, 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 sorry don't mind me he explained it as a large thick wire mesh that hung from steel hooks its purpose was to keep animals and debris out of the chimney and from gaining access to the cabin so when speaking of the rebar murphy said it was a heavy wire grate a wire mesh i installed it across the chimney about one row of bricks from the top we didn't want trouble with raccoons and things getting into the chimney However, the coroner respond like th- these two are just not having it with each other. The coroner replies, nobody saw the metal, the metal mesh. We didn't see it in any of our photos. It may have disappeared. So the coroner's like, it just wasn't there. Um, but during the demolition, all the metal had been taken away for scrap, which would explain why no one saw the metal grate. So there's like so one removed before they even demoed the chimney. Well, that's kind of what the coroner is trying to argue. Like it just was gone and Josh, you know, like someone removed it years ago and or like vandals did or something. Uh and Chuck is like, no, 
definitely not. Um, after several days of back and forth chatter between Murphy and the coroner, uh, Josh's case was reopened. So, uh, Chuck was really like, he, I kind of appreciate him like advocating, you know, he's like, this is not, this is not right. Yeah. Chuck's uh, the owner of the cabin, right? And Mike's the dad. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't think I have any, probably just wants to like know what the hell happened on his property. Right. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, it should be noted though, that the metal rebar wasn't the only reason for reopening the case. There were several other pieces of information that just weren't adding up. And, um, I'm going to dive into all those discrepancies right now. So in the cabin, there was a large breakfast bar that had been torn from the wall and dragged over to the fireplace. Excuse me? Yeah. So it was blocking the chimney from inside the cabin or the fireplace from inside the cabin. Someone shoved him up there. That's so obvious. I, well, and I, that's, this is what I think is weird is when Chuck would go check on the cabin just to make sure things were in order. Like, how do you not notice that this giant fucking like, I mean, it's literally it's torn from your wall. It's a countertop yeah. like, and it's it, not where it's supposed to be. You would at least know that there are like teenagers or something coming into the building, which makes it a huge liability to you, the property owner. Right. So, yeah, it kind of poses the question, like, who tore the breakfast bar from the wall and why did they use it to block the fireplace? And if he wasn't worried about raccoons being in the chimney, how, why did he ignore the smell? True. That's a good question. What if he did it and he wanted to be caught like a ton of serial killers do, but he just didn't. He was really old. He's like in his 60s. So... Which, I mean, I think BTK was pretty old when he kind of started killing again. But uh, I don't, I, I am, I'm not Team Chuck on that sense. All right, I'm Team Chuck right now. (laughs) So when the body had been found, he was found in a really unusual position. So if you remember, he was discovered with his legs above his head and then his mm-hmm. hips were disjointed from his torso. Excuse so, me? Yeah, I know, right? Well, like, so they were both dislocated? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, okay, sure. That okay. means, that means, though, that he would have had to have entered the chimney oh. head first. And... Yeah, exactly. So if you're going down a chimney, you are not going down head first. You're going down feet first. Oh, yeah, for sure. So you can climb back up if the thing at the bottom is closed. Well, and I mean, it's just, I think, humanly, like all chimneys, the it's all, it gets super narrow. Like people, yeah. if you're you not about, go feet first into a hole, it's yeah. just to do. Yes. So, well, and then I was like, this is so stupid but i have this in my notes (laughs) i said like when you think of santa coming down the chimney you imagine his feet making a thud sound not his head and then i continued on and said and or wrote okay but would be fucking creepy if santa came down head first and his head just pops out of the fireplace (laughs) like some krampus (laughs) stuff just like hello 
imagine? Oh my God. Can Terrifying. you imagine being like a little kid? You're like, you fell asleep next to the Christmas tree. You are so psyched for Santa. Just demon head Santa. Demon <laughs> Santa head just pops right out of your chimney. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's something out of my nightmares. Okay. Yes. But so I'm glad that you agree that no one goes down a chimney head first. No. So we're like on the same page. And then the coroner, he commented on Josh being found in such a weird position. And to me, I just think the the police either were like being lazy or were in over their heads and like didn't want to ask for help. But um, because this was just so mismanaged, I I mean, he he clearly did not do this himself. Mm-hmm. But the coroner said uh, that it would have taken two people to position him in the way that he was found. But then continues to insist that Josh put himself there. What? There? Okay. I don't know if this is like incompetent, small town. Like, was he a, a local rapscallion? Like, did he cause mischief was he like did the cop did the local cops not like him like why why does no one want to find out why this kid died except for the dude that found him well and i mean if you think back he was well liked in school he was described as like fun and i mean i just i don't think he was a bad kid yeah, I mean, he could be described that way by his peers, but not the local law enforcement. I just, I'm just looking fair, for like, true. any reason why these cops would not want to find still, out even if he was a dick, like, you he still deserves deserve justice. Yeah. But I'm just so. looking for a reason. Like, this poor kid. So this is where it gets even crazier. Oh, my God. So, yeah, there was one final piece of the puzzle that just wasn't adding up. When Josh's body had been found, he wasn't wearing any clothing. Okay, he, what? I'm not done. He had removed all of his clothing except for a thin thermal shirt, but it was fairly cold outside. It had gotten down to 20 degrees Fahrenheit when he went missing. Um, so it's cold outside. So why would he leave himself so naked? Not that that that's weird by itself, yeah. right? So what's even weirder is that the clothes were found neatly folded inside the cabin next to the fireplace that had been blocked by a breakfast bar. Come on. So Come I mean, on. oh, but he put a, he put himself there. Okay. Right. Okay. So he was found in a position that he couldn't naturally get himself into by himself with no clothes on. The clothes were found inside the cabin next to the fireplace that had been blocked by a massive, and I think it was fairly heavy breakfast bar. So like, and they're just going to keep, they just keep sticking with, he put himself there. So he had already broken into the cabin, obviously. Like, why did he need to go out and around through the chimney? 
Like, did he, I, I, I mean, are they, oops, sorry, just bopped my mic. Are they just like, I wonder, I feel like they just wanted to frame it as he just wanted to see if he could do it. But it's pretty yeah. common knowledge that like chimneys are very dangerous and you yeah. will get stuck well, and you will die. Obviously someone had to have been there with him to use the bar or to move the bar. Right. So like, I could maybe see like two kids, they're in a cabin. One says, I'm going to go down the chimney. He gets stuck. He passes out. The other kid freaks out, moves the bar, runs away. Like I could see that happening, but there had to have been another person there. But that doesn't, I, I don't get why he would be naked. To maybe to see, to like slim himself down further, take his clothes off. Make I mean, chimneys are dirty um and that could be it too yeah i mean but all of all of my possible explanations are super weak <laughs> he shouldn't be naked in a gym. <laughs> like when it's 20 degrees outside but then here's what i'm thinking is so it said what did the coroner say it had to it would take two people to get him into the position so yeah. i'm thinking like it's been seven years so I feel like he and I'm just speculating was maybe like sexually assaulted yeah and then and then they stuffed him in like up in the chimney yeah that has to be what happened but they are just being lazy so my immediate suspicion is that Chuck sexually assaulted him like lured him there assaulted him shoved him up the chimney moved the bar there and then he wants people to investigate either because he's guilty or he wants to be caught so he can brag about it which is a super common thing for super for serial killers to do like i I, totally think it's chuck there's no way you're checking on that cabin and you don't know that there's a fucking body in the chimney so I don't disagree. You're right. Like a lot of killers will insert themselves into an investigation, but he's so deep in it at this point that I mean, like, do you think someone would be that cocky? Yes. Um, <laughs> who, who was it? Oh, oh, what's his name? He called the cops and was like, hey, can you trace a floppy disk? And that was they- BTK. Yeah. They're like, hey, can, yeah. you chase a, can you chase a, or trace a cop? I cannot get this word out. Holy. <laughs> can you trace a floppy disk? And they said no. And the idiot sent it in and they caught him. Yeah. I mean, these people are delusional. Clearly they're killing people. But yeah. So they want to be caught. Well, I mean, yeah. Bragging rights are, yeah. you know, you're not you're not off yeah they want the notoriety but yeah even after noting all of these crazy indiscrepancies the coroner stuck with his original ruling of an accidental death another statement from the coroner is we've come up with the most plausible explanation and it will remain an accident he did come down that chimney that is our conclusion So, of course, you know, Chuck wants to get his last word in as well. And his response to the re-ruling of Josh's death is, there's no way that guy crawled inside that chimney with that steel webbing. He did not come down that chimney. And 
Um, I know that you are team Chuck killer, but I am team Chuck innocent. So Chuck remains convinced that Josh's death was 100% not an accident. Um, something to note is that several calls had come into the police uh, and the coroner's office suggesting leads and names of people who had bragged of murdering Josh. So, yes. So there is one suspect, and unfortunately, his name has never been released by the police, uh, but I it, it actually did get found later on, um, and I'll kind of touch on that. Uh, what am I what am I saying? So the article I got this information from says this suspect is in jail in Texas and had previously spent time in jail in Seattle and Portland and has a long list of violent criminal behavior. However, I'm not sure when this article was published and I have no idea if this man is still in jail in Texas. Uh, police were unable to connect this suspect to have even been in the area at the time of Josh's death. Police also doubt that this suspect would have been able to get Josh in the position he was in or he was found in alone. But I also am like, I don't think Josh could have gotten himself into that position alone. Absolutely. So y'all are lazy. Um, In 2015, there was a Reddit post and I did not find this post on my own. I, uh, read it in the dark histories podcast uh in their transcript they touched on it uh but the way that it was written leaves people to believe that the writer is the one who called in the suspect i was just talking about uh this post also gives a name to said suspect and here is what the post said and i'm just gonna read it verbatim so i went to high school with this skinny dorky hippie named andy who played guitar in a band i was never good friends with him or anything but a year or so after i graduated one of my good friends josh started hanging out with him and then went missing turns out that in addition to becoming a lot scarier looking andy had indeed headed down to new mexico where he found himself shooting the shit with the caretaker of a disabled guy and got invited over to their apartment apartment Caretaker gets in the shower, and when he comes back out, the disabled guy is stabbed to death, and Andy's gone. When Andy... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When Andy got arrested, he also claimed to have killed a woman in Taos. It's T-A-O-S, so either Taos or Taos. Um, Sorry, guys. And stuffed her body in a barrel. The cops had indeed found a woman stuffed in a barrel in Taos, but already had somebody in custody for it and decided to stick with that guy instead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're just going to stick with this guy. That seems easier. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of weird, like I said, 11 out of 10. Years later, I found out that the caretaker had died in a bar fight, and without him, the cops didn't have much in the way of evidence somehow, so the case against Andy was dropped. Several of us went to the cops saying, yo, Josh, who went missing, was last seen with Andy, who's a murderer. Maybe you should check that out. Despite a fair amount of pestering, nothing ever really came of it, and by nothing, I mean the police mostly didn't even return our calls. And once accidentally canceled the bulletin on Josh because he's alive and well and living in the next town over. In parentheses, he wasn't. He was actually in the chimney of an abandoned cabin like two blocks from his parents' house. 
The coroner said the body had been there for about seven years and ruled the death accidental, concluding that Josh had probably climbed down the chimney in an attempt to break into the house and gotten stuck, which, given the age of the corpse, didn't seem overly ridiculous, except for the fact that in addition to Josh having last been seen with Andy immediately before his stabbing spree, people called in to report having heard rumors that Andy was bragging about having put Josh in a hole. Somebody, (laughs) I know, somebody had ripped a heavy bar off the wall in the kitchen and propped it against the fireplace, or the fact that Josh's stuff was already inside the cabin, meaning A, he'd already broken in and would have had to have locked himself out to have to go for the chimney, and B, he might have noticed that either the flu or the big bar would have prevented him from getting in through the fireplace. Or the fact that when he was found, Josh's knees were above his head, which sounds to me like he would have had to go in head first. Uh, In parentheses, disclaimer, not an expert at fucking all. Uh, Or maybe the fact that Josh was barefoot and naked from the waist down. This is just my opinion, but I don't care who you are. You don't try to climb headfirst into a chimney via a hole rested through a metal grate with your dick hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, so think about him not wearing boxers. Yeah, as far as I can tell, nobody even bothered to call Andy to ask if he knew anything. By the way, from what I hear, Andy's still out and about doing his thing when he's not in the mental hospital. All I'm saying is I wish they had done some done some police shit, open an investigation, try to track down some leads, interview some folks who've been calling in tips for the last seven years Maybe check for uh, for some semen or something. I don't know. Don't just say accidental. Dust your hands off and call it a day. And that's the end of that. And then the original poster posted a little follow-up where he said he was pretty sure Andy was housed in a mental hospital somewhere. Um, the Dark Histories podcast gave a little bit of insight on Andy. Not a lot, but people described him as an intelligent and smart guy. And he was the only serious lead. So that is um, the case of Joshua Maddox. Okay, so Chuck did it, or Chuck knows who did. Uh, I I think it was Andy. Andy. Oh, yeah. I mean, Andy is clearly the most likely suspect. You, you were so right to be like, Char, it's definitely not Chuck. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, it just sounds like incompetent police work. Like, the cops didn't like Joshua or... Andy is related to someone important that has sway in local politics because that's I mean that could definitely be it yeah small towns you never know yeah I mean like in the small town that I grew up in if you were a kid of one of the cops you could do whatever you wanted oh I believe that yeah like you just have absolutely zero repercussions to your actions if you were the kid of a cop so I want to know who Andy is related to that got got him off the hook I, yeah, I didn't see anything, but if someone knows something and wants to send us an update, we I would want love dogs. to share it. Yeah. Give us the tea, you guys. Yeah. Give us the 12 year old tea. But yeah, isn't that. What did you crazy? say? Happened in 2012? Um, so he went missing in 2008 and his body was found in 2015. Jeez. That's a long time ago. Give us the old uh tepid uh slightly moldy tea <laughs> yeah it's not like it's really i feel like just the tea bag at this point i'll you know i'll heat it up i'll we can make this tea <laughs> piping hot 
Charlotte's going to revive the tea. Yes. I, I have a tea garden. I'm ready. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. Uh, but yeah, isn't that crazy? That is absolutely insane. That I hope it was a true cool. 11 out of 10. Like I said, it was. Yeah. I, well, it sounds like no one did their job. Like that's insane. Yeah. That's really what's crazy. And not even just this one small town that didn't do their job. Andy should have been caught in Mexico. Andy shouldn't, Andy should have been caught when he killed that woman. Like, why is Andy still walking around? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not, but he was. I mean, even though being in a, like, I know that living in a mental institution is not like a cushy life, but I I mean, he was, it said he was described as intelligent and a very smart guy. So it kind of sounds like Andy is very calculated to me. Yeah, I don't know. You think he's, you think he's like playing it to be in the mental hospital to avoid what he's done? I don't know. I mean, at the same time, though, like back to the cockiness, he's gotten away with two murders now at this point. That we know of. Um, yeah. So maybe he's just of. like, uh, I mean, maybe he's smart enough to, yeah. He's well, like, oh. like, I want to know how much of this Andy story is actual, like, verified fact and how much is small town gossip. Because, True. like, yeah. I've heard crazy about crazy rumors about someone that I personally know um from my small town i have heard the most insane rumors about her none of them are true none of them right so like i want to know how much is actual verified fact and how much is just like small town oh well you know andy killed a guy right oh yeah like oh i heard the i don't know andy's last name but i heard the johnson boy he offed the the Josh's le- yeah. yeah the maddox yeah. boy you know, and you're right. There's definitely some small town gossip that could could be circulating. Yeah, that is so crazy, man. Oh, that poor kid. That poor kid. Did they did it did it even say in the story if they even checked for semen on his body? Um I I didn't read anything like I that. Feel no. Like most of the times, if you find a nude body, it is almost always specified that they have checked for other people's DNA in every way it could present itself. You know, but at the same time, like, I mean, I guess rain doesn't usually come down a chimney, but well, it wouldn't get past you know the bottom. I mean, I guess it could wash off a bit. I don't. And after seven years, what would even be the point? I don't know. It's just, I just feel like there's got to be something they could have done. This poor kid. Well, and I mean, I guess not even checking the body. Because, I mean, I think he was legit bones. Like, there was nothing there. Oh, he was completely decomposed. Yeah. I mean, it'd been, I guess I don't know how long it takes to decompose. But I would think after seven years, like, you're you're pretty far. But, I mean, the sexual assault, if it occurred, it didn't occur in the chimney. Like, did they, you know, check the ground? Like, yeah. So, it's even though there's not a body to really. Check the building. Did they finish demolishing the building before they were able to investigate? Like, they knew that the. Uh, No, I think they stopped. And I think they stopped the demo and let them. 
Uh, in a temperate climate, it usually requires three weeks to several years for a body to completely decompose into a skeleton. So yeah, this dude was like, this he dude was, was gone. Bones. Yeah, yeah. Even even in the chimney, he was probably bones. Yeah. But what is there to even find? Oh, that's. So I just want to know what the smell was after seven years. Like the bone, yeah. like would it still stink? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I if it like, drained down the bottom, drained down. I mean, bottom. I guess yeah, it could have seeped into like the floorboards or something. Yeah. But. But yeah. Just that poor kid, man. I know. I well, and like I said, I. Oh, he was murdered for yeah, sure. Dude, no any, doubt. Anyone could tell that that kid was murdered. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, like even if he wasn't murdered uh i hope he you know didn't wasn't just like in this like could you imagine just being i'm claustrophobic no i cannot imagine same i mean i yeah i don't i hope i hope that he was unconscious i pray that he was i hope all the blood went to his head and i hope he passed out i'll have to i'll try and like find some info on that and maybe share like before your tidbit next week to see like if you're upside down for long enough, if you just pass out. So maybe I'll have a little update for you guys. A little pleasant um, lie. Just lie to me. Yes. <laughs> just be like, so. okay, sure. Cover your ears. You don't want to hear this part. You tell the listeners the truth. And then you just tell me, yeah, he's <laughs> unconscious. Don't worry about it. I, I am actually a terrible liar. Oh, I'm a very, very good liar. That comes with strict parents. I siblings and I are all very good liars. It's a I cannot, I can't lie to save my life. Like I tell my sisters, I'm like, listen, if you don't want someone to know something, do not tell me because I can keep a secret. But if someone asks me about said secret, I am not good about covering it up. That's a good thing. So I guess, yes, for me, I mean, it, it gets me in some situations. Yeah, it makes you trustworthy. It keeps you honest. Be like, I would love to lie for you, but I physically, I can't. I physically can't. Like, my face gets red. My chest gets red. <laughs> You're, like, hyperventilating. I can't, like, as a kid, one of my, like, my third grade teacher was like, when you lie, you should look them in the eyes. Because when you lie, you look down into the left. And so now I think I look like a sociopath. Like my eyes are wide open, like trying to maintain eye contact. Being honest, I promise. I'm over here like I can't make eye contact with anyone to save my life. And I'm, all right, maybe I'm not a good liar. <laughs> and my voice is like two and a half octaves higher. Like yeah. I, I just can't lie. When I lie secretly, that would be so, I like I'm imagining you lying now. <laughs> is really funny uh or like i'll tell a really good lie but gary will still know i'm lying and he'll be like lily and then just from there it just all unravels oh i definitely can't lie to matt matt knows when i'm yeah every time he like yep. All right. But if you guys liked today's episode, we'd appreciate it if you could rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Our handle is at Freaks and Folklore Podcast. TikTok is at Freaks and Folklore. 
Um, as always, listeners can email us or message us on any um, or with any true crime case or spooky phenomenon that you guys would like to hear about. And remember, it is spooky month, spooky season. So please send us your own creepy encounters. We would love to share your stories. Um, and if you do send us something, just, you know, give us your pronouns and tell us if you would like to remain anonymous or not. But until next week, you guys stay super freaky. Bye.